people who are doing work at a community level. It's really kind of just what having organic conversations about like how people like naturally get involved and it's really not like this course thing and it's really kind of like around your schedule and your life and what you're passionate about. Livewire Calgary presents Court and Keith Connecting Calgary, a community-focused podcast with your hosts, Courtney Brannigan and Keith Simmons. So yeah, I so, think, I don't hey, know. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's the new year, happy, 2020. Happy 2020. Happy 2020. Keith and Courtney, once again, sitting down yeah. with some cool people from Calgary. Yeah, and we have another K guest. We have Kevin. So we have Keith, Courtney, and Kevin, all Ks. K-cubed. Oh man, maybe we need to only interview people <laughs> with K names. That could be interesting. Um, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing very well. How good, are you? good. Uh, any New Year's resolutions? I didn't make any New Year's resolutions this year. No, I, I was really happy with the one I stuck with last year, and I'm just going to keep going with that. Which was? Well, and also I, I made my New Year's resolution last year, probably a few months before New Year's. Yeah. I don't set myself to that schedule, I guess. But it was my my New Year's resolution last year was to give more into the community okay. and what I considered giving more selflessly, I guess. And so I did that, and okay. it, it went well. I feel good about it, and I'm just gonna keep doing it. I love it. So let's talk about some of those communities you're involved in. All right. Go. What just? Because I know you. I know you. I mean, I feel like I know you've got a lot on the go. But then I feel like over the course of this conversation, I'm going to learn so much. <laughs> so we know you're a bike advocate. Yes. Uh, I know you have volunteered with the Film Fest. Oh yeah, yeah, I have. And what else? Um, or, and the Folk Fest. As and well. Folk Fest. Yep. And you're secretly Dungeons and Dragons. You guys have a little meetup. Do you know? We it? do. Yep. Yeah, I want to hear about that. Okay. I'm okay. Sure it's not secret, actually. I think I've seen. I actually on. think it's not secret either. But yeah, we actually I think it's, we play in the same coffee shop. Yeah, so we're actually yeah. we're hanging out at I Love You Coffee Shop today in the Beltline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, tell us about volunteering maybe with Folk Fest and Film Fest first. Okay. How'd you get there? I just started volunteering at Folk Fest because I, I was going to Folk Fest all the time anyways and um, actually volunteering for it was a way to meet some more people at the Folk Fest and uh, like like the perks for volunteering for the Film Fest are great like the meals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of one thing I don't have to think about now when I'm there. And I volunteer in the bike lockup, so it's both. Basically, I'm just hanging out with my friends, anyways. <laughs> so I just get to see all my friends, hang out yep. with them, see some cool bikes, help people fix some bikes now and then. Although now we've we've had both cycle participate, and they're much better at that than I am. Uh, <laughs> so uh, mostly, yeah, it's just a way to kind of give a little bit back to the to the folk fest while still enjoying the folk fest and taking yeah. it all in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so how many years have you been doing that? Three, I guess. Just three years. Yeah. Okay. What's been your number one highlight from the Folk Fest over those three years of volunteering? Of volunteering? Well, so two things. So like yeah. either what band or oh, like is oh. there a cool volunteer story? Well, I mean, the the, vol- the cool volunteering parts for me is all... all um, what's the... Uh, What's the rating of this podcast going to be? <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we don't decide. The thing that's so I didn't do bike lockups every year. One year I did environment. Yeah. And um, which is basically just helping people sort their garbage before mm-hmm. they put it in, so they put it in the right bin. And Blue Rodeo was playing. They were closing the Folk Fest, I believe, one year. And uh, I was in the beer gardens at one of the 
garbages near the like near kind of the back. So there weren't many people in the, that part of the beer gardens by this point of the night. There's just like a row of porta potties that had had four full days of folk fest usage, and um, it was dark, and I could make out some shapes in the background, and uh, it turned out it was a couple just um, kind of lying on each other, sort of the way like a, like a hot dog lies on a bun, and just in there, like, just going at it. Downwind and downhill from the porta potties. Yes. And these are some of the things you only get to see when you're volunteering. Oh, man. While yeah. Blue Rodeo was playing, it was... Maybe it was their wedding song. Maybe it was. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the, with the porta potties right next door, that's pretty cool. Oh, not. Um, <laughs> musical, um... I mean, there's so many. There's always a highlight every year, but I yeah. like um, got to see and meet the Mekons this year. They're one of my favorite bands, and they were. I'm always worried about meeting a band just in case they're jerks, and they weren't. They were super nice, yeah. fun to hang out with. So I go with that one. So what you're saying is volunteering gets you a lot of behind the scenes. Oh, that was in front of the scenes. I ran into the Mekons on my oh. way to the beer garden. Okay, okay. <laughs> so some, uh, but the other one might have been a little behind the scenes uh, action. That that was. It was definitely action. <laughs> And so it was, perks. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And Film Fest. Oh, yes. Film Fest. This was my first year volunteering okay. for Film Fest. Same thing. Uh, this one, I was asked to volunteer by a friend who said I would be good at it. And uh, when I, as soon as I found out, I get to just, for as volunteering, I would just get to watch movies. I'm like, well, this sounds like something I would do anyways. So jumped at it. It was great. Um, great vibe, very well organized uh, volunteer crew for that's one thing as a volunteer it's, it, it, I just want it to be well, if it's well organized it's such a great experience um, I almost don't care what I'm doing as long as the organization's good mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, all I did was all I did for the uh, film fest was watch movies um, make sure they start uh, like make sure the theater was clean, help clean up afterwards and then watch a movie and make sure nothing went wrong great nice yeah it was a little nerve-wracking on one film because the subtitles were getting cut off the bottom of the screen so i i actually had to believe and make one radio call it's like the one thing that, so they could fix the subtitles but you're so at the beginning of the movie i'm always watching hoping it's okay like hopefully right. nothing goes wrong and then after that you're just into the film enjoying yeah. it that's yep. kind of a neat opportunity yeah i mean you don't you're you're, you're about 95 percent of the way in the film because you got an earpiece in so you can right. hear what the other volunteers are saying but Good. It's part of the deal. That's good. Um, and so, obviously, you've kind of volunteered, it sounds like, with like larger groups of people. So have you met anyone neat through volunteering that you maybe wouldn't have met otherwise? Or Oh, yeah. Like, um, um, a lot of my friends I've met through volunteering. Okay. People I keep, like, make kind of feel like lifelong friendships volunteering. And that goes from, like, film, film mm -hmm. fest, folk fest, uh, like, uh, volunteering through the bike community. I've made a lot of like a lot of my best friends I've made through, through the bike community and um, like volunteering on uh, political campaigns as well like all these things and two of you another mm -hmm. uh, bike charity I work at I've made friends on, on all of these it's a very it's probably the one of the nicest side effects I guess <laughs> well, putting yeah, your I time would, into something you believe in I talking would, about nice yeah. side effects is uh, on the bike community side of things mm -hmm. um, the barley belt yeah. It's one of the things that is a, I'm not going to say it's solely your responsibility, but you are a big part of that. 
Oh yeah, it was um, yeah, definitely not solely my responsibility, but it was. It's one of those ones that was nice to see from very start to, well, I mean, what'll be the end will be next year when it gets built. Um, but yeah, that's one that started with just me um, tweeting at the councillor if there was some way we could make this safer and offering to ride to work with, with uh, Councillor Carraw and he took me up on it. And since I didn't know if I'd ever get the opportunity to do that again, I, I produced like a, almost like a binder of all of my suggestions to make the area better. And uh, we wrote it, I gave that to him. He invited me back to the city for some more meetings. And then through keeping my voice out there, just on, and Twitter's the only social media I use. I don't use Facebook or the other one. So I don't know if it could have been more effective if I used more, but I'm not that savvy at them. So I don't bother. Pretty darn effective outcome anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say so. <laughs> um, the, so when the, the brewery started opening up in that area, um, Annex and Bandit Peak in particular, they, I remember they contacted me and they wanted to get involved as well. And as, when they got involved and we got some, like, they were great advocates. Um, they hosted petitions. They, they, they hosted us um, when we'd meet with the councillors. Um, they spoke at City Hall. They were, like, it, we got so much um, more momentum that way until, yeah, until we basically got everything we asked for, which would be a, to be a mixed-use pathway along the five-kilometer stretch to along 42nd to connect the Bow and Elbow River Pathway. So we've heard the cool things about yeah. being involved as a volunteer with different organizations. You got to hang out with Blue Rodeo, go to see some <laughs> things. But what on earth would have made you want to reach out to the counselor? Like, he's not going to listen to you. I mean, you're just a, a standard average guy. Um, I guess, yeah. Um, I guess it's easy on social media to do it because if nothing happens, it wasn't. It didn't take a lot of energy to do it in the first place. To you know, to tweet it takes almost no energy. So just put something out there. I just try not to be a dick about it because that's a good way to turn people off. And then I try to be upbeat. Try to be positive. Just basically, try to be myself. And then reach out. And if nothing happens, like in that case, I didn't really. I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing now. But I definitely didn't know what I was doing then. So. Um, now I like I know there are more effective ways maybe to get a hold of somebody like I could like phone their office or or, uh, or email their office or something like that but it, it worked and through that I've learned maybe more effective ways or more efficient ways but I don't know things have always things have worked the way I've done them anyways so so you made it, it may, not, may not be the most efficient way but it seems like things work but it, it seemed to get things done and it's sort of I think it goes that not always the traditional ways mm -hmm. um, are always the most effective ways. I would say perhaps maybe your tweet got some responses or some, yeah. like it was rather than just you, it was like you and all of the YYC bike community on Twitter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think Twitter has been a good vehicle for, for creating community? It certainly has. YYC bike? Oh, it certainly has from my point of view. I think, um, yeah, this whole, the whole YYC bike community, I think, it was basically, as far as I know, started by Bike Bike. They um, promoting um, like group rides to get bring people together, and then once it was big enough, they just kind of let us run with it, um, the community at large. And uh, I think it's been great for that. Um, yeah, a lot of the, like I was having coffee with that gang this morning um, for coffee outside. And that's this is how we met. I don't know how we would have met otherwise. Like maybe we would have, but who knows, right? We I definitely know we met this way. So. Um, yeah, Twitter's been, I know Twitter has its pros and cons, but um, 
I choosing to look at it from a positive aspect, and it's been great for building the bike community in Calgary. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember that like online communications can facilitate in-person conversation. Oh yes, right, yeah. uh, and that it can be used as a really positive catalyst. Oh, that's the key thing too. I never think of social media as a way to start and stop to get something done. Like it's not the whole process. It's to me, it's the way to launch something or to kick something off or to see if there's any interest out there. And then, uh, I mean, things still go a lot better when you meet in person and you meet and, and mm -hmm. uh, get things done in person. Yeah, I don't like yeah. to harp on the social media side, but I think you and I face-to-face -face have only known one another for less than a year. Um, Maybe around a year. Last October, not last October, but the October before. Right. right at at full, OT Brewery. Full moon, full yeah. moon. The full moon ride. Yeah. Full moon ride, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I went out to that and, and I was really looking forward to exposed buttocks, but there weren't any. <laughs> you just didn't... Full, <laughs> full moon ride? Full you just didn't stick around long about. enough. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you and I met through Twitter. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, Keith, I don't remember how. We might have met in person. Uh, I think so. Oh, yeah, we might have. I know. How does that even work? I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? In oh, this modern man. day people, how do they strike up conversations without yeah. social media interaction? Yeah. I'm sure the first thing you did is swap numbers and then texted each other. Yeah. Right? Just at the yeah. same table. Way too yeah. intimidating. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what else? What else? Okay, <laughs> so you've got, so you're in the part of the bike community. Yeah. Uh, you volunteer at Film Fest, mm -hmm. Folk Fest. What else? I'm the director of transportation for the Beltline Neighborhood Association. Yeah. That's um, that's community in yeah. which I live, and um, so that also keeps me busy. Uh, like, I also volunteer with the Bump the uh, program. Urban Bump Mural is Project. yes. Yep. Beltline okay. Urban Mural Project. Yes. yes. Yeah. And uh, the Beltline Bond Spiel as well, which yeah, yeah. is coming up February fifteenth. It's the social event of the season. We better get a team in. You should actually. Um, this year it's open for, like, you can put in your own team. Just go to the website and there's yeah. a form to do that. Yeah. Southwest Sloggers. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's funny. I know I should know curling. I have nothing to idea. Trust me, I think in, when it comes to outdoor curling, less is best. The less you know, the better. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. Yeah, forget everything you knew about curling. Good. Good. Now you're ready for outdoor curling. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think I actually that's not true. I curled in November and then previous to that I had not curled since high school. That's that so. might be just like the right amount of knowledge. For Perfect. Like, yeah. You'll know like, yeah. that you throw a different color rock than the other team. Amazing. That's and Our the turn, my do. turn, their turn, my turn, their turn. Yeah. Sounds like Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, and yeah. faith of <laughs> those little tiny muscles that you grew in high school are gonna be there for you so you fall down, it's really quite good. We make the yeah. ice shorter for the outdoor outdoor nice. bond spiel just oh. for that. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. February fifteenth, outdoor mm. bond spiel. How many teams are you taking? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. That's I guess we'll fair. find that out soon. We'll find that out yeah. soon. But that's awesome. And it's how many years have been, has that been going on? This will be the fourth annual. The fourth annual. Yeah. And yeah. have you done all four years? I, the first year I just went to it. I, um, I was, yeah, I lived in the area. I heard there was outdoor curling and I went. Uh, second year, I believe I was out of town. And then last year I volunteered, helped with the ice making and then was on the Beltline team for the event. And did you win? Did the home team win? Uh, is this going to be fact-checked? I don't know. We won. We definitely won. <laughs> um, we won the entire thing. There you, you go. You don't look it up. 
because what's the point? I bet you can't even find out who won online. So this will be the source, the Beltline won, the Beltline bonds. The Beltline Neighborhood Association, home sure team did. winners. Yeah, we had home ice advantage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're such a sports guy too, right? Uh, yeah. I sports so hard, yeah. <laughs> So in getting involved with the Beltline Community Association, what precipitated that? How did that start? I Well, that one, so I remember when it was formed. I didn't live in the Beltline then, but I joined as a, like you can join to be a member anyways. You just can't, you know, like a non-voting member. I just, I, I saw what they were doing and I wanted to be, at least support it. And I went to their first AGM and, um, and I kept in touch with uh, the president and then and still President uh, Peter Oliver. And uh, when I moved to the Beltline last year, I texted him to let him know like, hey, I'm moving to the Beltline. And he immediately responded with, well, here's our AGM, make sure you come. And from there, there was an opening for a board spot. And uh, now here I am, so. And what do you do as director of transportation? Right now? I mean, now, that sounds fancy. Yeah, so uh, mostly it's, um, advocating or talking with the city for uh, cycle track expansion um, and also promoting uh, more scooter use and uh, and uh, any other like connect connectivity gaps so sidewalks Um, the cars part like I think they're, they're doing fine they don't need as many voices to advocate for them at least that's the way I see it. So I'm looking more looking at vulnerable road users, so pedestrians, cyclists, people who scoot, uh, skateboarders, wheelchairs, things like that. Cool. So um, we were involved in, um, uh, we wrote letters to the city and met with them and advocated and collected signatures and to extend the uh, 12th Ave cycle track into Sonalta. And, um, and now doing the same thing to get that connected to, since that's our neighboring community, um, trying to get that connected to the uh, Bow River Pathway, and then also looking at uh, the missing link on getting 12th connected to the Elbow River Pathway uh, near the Stampede. And also, um, like right now, the 5th Street cycle track ends at the Beltline border and getting that connected north and south to the Elbow and Bow River Pathways on either end. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting how our two rivers intersect in so many places. There's so many opportunities for connection between those river pathways, yes. and that's where most of our gaps are. It's where, yeah, the, we've the only connection we have to the river right now to the downtown cycle track is in Vic Park, or sorry, in the East Village. Yeah, that's the only one, and it's crazy. Yeah, well, even like for Keith and I, so Haysboro and Acadia. Um, kind of at, you know, the eastern edge of Acadia is the Bow River, and then on, you know, for Haysboro, the western edge is basically the reservoirs with the start of the elbow, mm-hmm. and there's no there's no good east-west connection between those, and so just rethinking how we kind of connect our major arteries, which are our rivers, mm-hmm. so much of our city's built around. Yeah, you'd really have to know your way for sure if you wanted to go from the dog park at the end of Southland yep. over to the reservoir without yes. being intimidated and feeling like you're being lost. So absolutely, there's a lot of work to be done. And kudos to you for you yeah. getting this work done here downtown. Yeah. Well, it's a, it is a total team effort. Like it's only one person would ever yeah. be able to do this yeah. on their own. But. Well, so thinking I, I, way back, sorry, well, young Kev unsure of where he was going to stab into this mm. network of people doing cool things, the Beltline Community Association before then, before the volunteering with those things. What things were you working on, motivated by, perhaps intimidated by, that you were able to 
overcome as you got to, to know the people. And, and I, I suppose I'm pushing towards once you get to know the people, it gets easy. Yes. I know that. You know that. A lot of people don't know that. So what was it that you were doing that made you think, this is a place I need to go and meet some new people? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, it was I, The first step of getting involved, I think, is for me, was the hardest. For me, it was like the more I cycled, the more like um, cycling in Calgary just almost makes you forces you to become an advocate. It's like, it's, I think it was Greg Glatz who said that cycling in Calgary is like an act of defiance or an act of rebellion <laughs> or, something, or something like that. Um, sorry to Greg if I butchered his quote or if I stole it from somebody else. Let's just say I made it up. So <laughs> that got me into a, a little bit of bike advocacy, but um, really the first time I showed up and did like, like a lot of volunteering was... Um, was uh, Evan Woolley's re-election campaign for Ward 8. I just basically showed up to the office one day and asked if they needed help. It was like, it was the day I saw all of his like competitors' signs go up and I'm like, ooh, maybe he can use some help. So I just went there and asked if there was anything I could do. And I, I didn't even know then that you could do that, really, that you could go and volunteer and just show up. And even though like, I'm, like now that I've been involved, like they're, look, they're always putting out the word and like asking for volunteers all the time, but that never, I never saw that, or maybe I was ignoring it, or who knows, or maybe I didn't, I dismissed it because I didn't think I was um, capable or would be competent at it. Yeah, I just started showing up. And the first day everyone was really nice to me, really welcoming, it was really warm, so I showed up the next day, and then before I knew it, I was door knocking every single day, almost. But, uh, and, um, and that's something I never thought I'd do, because I have, like a lot of us, a lot of social anxiety, especially with talking to strangers, especially when it comes to talking to strangers about politics. I have a hard time talking to people I know about politics. So, um, especially if I think we're going to disagree. So, uh, um, I guess just having like nice people around you makes that easier. But, uh, and that's the thing. Most people, when you meet them are nice. And even people when you're door knocking, if they disagree with you, most people are still nice. And it's, it's cool to find that out and it encourages me to do this sort of thing more. So something with a tiny modicum of interest just showed up yeah. and it happened. Yeah. I think there's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, and I think also the lesson of being that we're really not such an angry, divisive society that sometimes gets portrayed, right? That there are all these entry points into meeting new people and either finding things in common or politely disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I did, um, I can't, I might get the numbers wrong here, but I, cause I kept track of the distance I covered door knocking for, uh, in the provincial election, which that one did seem, seem divisive. And, and it was, it was definitely too negative for me. And I, I found that I, I just kind of kept that inside and tried to stay positive on the outside. But, um. I think I did 150 kilometers worth of walking between houses, which, you know, oh, yeah. houses are pretty close together. So there's a lot of door knocking, and I only had one door slammed on me. Only one. Yeah. Out of, I don't know how many doors, must have been thousands. So the, so, fa- the face-to-face interaction they're still was good. A-okay. Yeah, like it's, some people would disagree. Right. They're still, person to person, I think people are still mostly. Right, nice. so... Like, just thinking about, like, as we talk about, you know, connecting Calgarians and, right, as we're, we're hosting this podcast about people getting involved and I think kind of trying to break down barriers and dispel, like, myths and fears. And I think it's really important that what was kind of outwardly portrayed 
mm-hmm. right, from a media standpoint or an online or a digital, is not really the true experience of when you're connecting with people face to face. Yeah. And that. Not my experience. Not your experience. Yeah. So, and I, I door knocked too, and I also didn't have that experience door knocking, yeah. right? Very, very rarely did you did you run into someone who needed to be angry with you. They were just able to say no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, one of the reasons Keith and I are doing this is to talk about how community building is really important. And even like, you know, in a situation like an election, you might have a difference there, mm-hmm. but you may end up meeting someone in another situation or another scenario where you connect over something common, mm-hmm. maybe like the film fest or the yeah. folk fest, right? I mean, those are kind of opportunities that bring lots of different kinds of people together. Oh, definitely. Um, and, you know, you're not wearing your, like, political affiliation, right, on your shirt. You're just right. all there to enjoy music together. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about the Folk Fest. Yeah. It's for everybody. It's for everyone. And so I think just sort of for people to understand there's a spectrum of different communities that are open and available, and um, there's probably somewhere you can always meet somebody and find a commonality. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly you, more yeah. open and available than you'd think. Absolutely. And this is the thing. Yeah. And, and you, as you've discovered in your travels, it's it's been simply a matter of making yourself available. Yes. If nothing yeah. else, if nothing more than a conversation point, then somebody can say, hey, yeah, you know what? Thanks, we could use the help. Mm-hmm. Or, like yeah. you say, even on the most negative aspect, no, we don't really need the help. But if you think that you have an opportunity to do something, if you have an interest, if you're taking a look around in your community and you're like, I'd really like to see some change in this mm-hmm. direction, or even not change. Just like I'd like to contribute. Yeah. That, yeah. That stuff's available. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Like. It's, like, it's sometimes it's just nice to be like part of like a helping hand, right? And like especially like early on 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 the the last civic election, that's basically what I was like. I was helping put signs together, deliver signs on my bike and stuff like that. Like, but felt good doing it. And wanted and like the vibe there was always good, so it just always made me want to do more. Yeah, I think yeah. we are definitely, over time, losing touch with that ability, like you were joking about right at the get-go. Like, we met one another but needed to text first before we could actually have a human <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Truth or no, I think that that is a struggle that a lot of us are having these days where we don't take the opportunity to just simply say hello, and especially when we're talking about community, mm-hmm. whether it be the community that you live in, or the community that you work in, or community of cyclists. Yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, I mean, it sounds like the cyclist, it's almost like uh, having a dog or having food at the table. There's there's a, an immediate barrier gone because We've got you're on bikes. Yes. Right? And yeah. Yeah, we're, we're already, like, basically, we're, yeah, we're, I guess, what would the word, some sort of minority group in Calgary. Like, we're de- like Calgary is definitely promotes driving first and really pushes the driving, um, yeah, the camaraderie is apparent. That's where the money goes. Yeah. Right? the money goes towards driving, right? Like we we we're, we've got to fight for our scraps, and that's what unites us. Mm-hmm. But I think, like when I think about cycling, so like the days that I do cycle, if I see another cyclist, we smile at each other. When was the last mm-hmm. time you were driving and you smiled at another driver? Right? You just don't even do that. Like that would be so creepy. Yet when you're like cycling, it's like you're just. It's kind of like a shared exuberance or a shared like excitement or enjoyment mm-hmm. right and I was like I, that's always like the thing that's that strikes me as such a dichotomy and and look there are days that people drive right yeah, well, yeah. and yeah. um and this and but yeah just such a difference I might cover up the microphone here but I was in a car this weekend <laughs> I drove here <gasps> yeah and now I'm gonna go pick up my it's, dog I'm not gonna lie <laughs> 
I've, it's a long bike ride to the mountains just to do some snowshoeing. So it's, I opted for the car route. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a bad plan. Yeah. Where's the train? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where right? is the train? Wouldn't that be awesome? Where is the train? What any okay? So and we're we uh we're I'm gonna cycle back around. This is this is not cycling related, but maybe it is because I think. <laughs> oh, that was I didn't even notice. Can you add like um, a like a like a like an editing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are part of another kind of community that meets here. Mm. How many of you come and play? Like, what's the story? Oh. How did this start? Um. Tell us about, tell us about... Yeah, me and a couple buddies have been meet, trying to get a D&D game going for probably a better couple of years. It, it, we, it, we had someone who was willing to DM the Dungeon Master. That's like the host, the main storyteller. And um, so we just needed four, four players is kind of ideal. And then a DM, so five in total. So you got to find have five people who are willing to give up one or two evenings a month. Um, to basically role play and uh, so we were finally able to find that so yeah we play here um, we're playing fifth edition we're all at level four I don't know if that means anything you, I'm getting blank stares <laughs> um, and uh, no it's awesome we're, we have a lot like it's basically the four of us hopefully our DM I think he's on to us we basically try to cheat and he makes sure we follow the rules and that's how I'm sure that's how a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games go. Is like trying to yeah. find your way through right. the rules. <laughs> and you don't get the right die for that particular rule when the guys know that you're trying to pull something. It's like, oh, you should be rolling a twelve. Let's make you roll an eight. <laughs> Diminish your chances. We're more trying to think this. of things we can get access to through storytelling. Like, yeah, with the die part, that's like which which what die you roll for what that's written down. Mm -hmm. But it's more like, hey, can I? can I get these items out of this cave that like whoever wrote this story had no intention for us to do this, mm -hmm. right? Well, a good DM would, uh, would give you that opportunity or not, mm -hmm. depending on what they know what's coming up in the storyline. Yeah. yeah, when we used to try to mess with the DM, that was usually what happened. It's like, so you're supposed to get out of 12, here's your eight because you're not gonna be able to roll anything better than an eight. And we're just like, what? Mm -hmm. that's, your, that's what you get for doing that. So it's did fun you... game, I love that game. Oh yeah. I'm lost. It's like a, it's like a video game where there you can except you can do anything, and instead of sitting like with a console or something, you're just with people, and uh, you just have like one character sheet in front of you that tells you what your, um, like what your attacks are, what your weapons are, and when you attack, you roll a die. It says what on the sheet which one to roll, and that's what happens. So. Instead of pushing a button on a controller, you're rolling a die, and um, everything else is like it's it's truly just limited to your imagination what you can do in it. Like where a video game have like it's only as far as the programming goes, and then there's walls. This you can really do whatever. So my question is, did you all know each other before? Most of us did. Yeah, well, like we all knew each other mm -hmm. before, but we've uh, definitely got to know each other better. Yeah, like it's you know as adults, it's harder to have. This, you can have some friends you don't see for months or maybe even years. So the fact that I get to see this group a couple times a month to hang out and like, you know, we always BS beforehand, we BS afterwards, we even BS while we're playing. So it's just yeah. a great way to hang out. Yeah, that's really, and like kind of over a shared interest and 
do you get other people who kind of like want to pop in and play and like oh, ask what you're doing? Like how like what is um, like what happens? So you come here, you pick a table, you play, yeah. and then like what happens outside of kind of that group? Well, we used to play at this table until the the staff has asked us to play at the front table so they can watch while we play. <laughs> <laughs> and because they're trying to learn D and D as well, so we we've moved to that smaller table. But it's and then um, uh, other folks like folks uh, from like coffee outside, um, they wanted they want to play with us now. So we're thinking of doing some like some one shots, like some some kind of like singular adventures where you can ha have a couple players. They can roll themselves a brand new character. We can get them in for one game because bringing someone into a big game now is just gonna. Like right now, we have the right number for our game as it is, and then the more people you add, the harder it is to make everybody's schedule align. But uh, we are thinking of, and then this will give our DM a chance to play and give some of the players a chance to DM when we do little one shots like that. So, but I like because, like, again, what you're telling me is you want to play. No, I actually so don't. <laughs> what I uh, no. That's funny. You're you're saying no, no but you're you're no, nodding. I, the the no, microphone's really not don't. picking up the nodding. <laughs> I really don't. I what I want to get is that, to is how, like, I love because you guys have posted on Twitter, right? So mm -hmm. I know about this because yep. you guys posted on Twitter about it, and so I just, I kind of and you can tell that people are curious and interested and so just sort of how these kind of small touch points that can sort of start between friends mm -hmm. kind of blossom into like this bigger thing right um no i'm not i don't want to play at all i'm super fine to be like you have your thing it's fine you just want to watch i get it no i don't even want to watch actually <laughs> it is a licensed place yeah <laughs> no but i just i think the story is like yeah, you kind of know each other, but then mm -hmm. you're building a relationship kind of over that shared interest. Yes, in. yeah. And that other people are kind of getting, like, curious and involved. Like how you say, like, the staff want to know about it, mm -hmm. too. Yep. And they want to learn. And so we talk often in community building about kind of, like, that knowledge sharing and, like, the passing, like, that passing of a skill. Um, and so sometimes we think of community building being this, like, really large, grand goose thing, and it seems, like, very... Um, untouchable and like oh, yeah. this is like a game like yeah. you are creating community like through a game and through play um, and so I just like that part of the it's story like accidental community building because we were yeah, yeah we were uh, we were just gonna play it at my apartment because it's central and then they're like oh let's like we tried to play in the park across the street a few times and that attracted some uh, spectators as well just people wondering what you're doing and then eventually we started coming here, and yeah, this place is the perfect place for that. It's because uh, it, most people are just coming, grabbing a coffee, and leaving. And then while they're waiting for their coffee, they can witness three or four minutes of some of the most haphazard and, and uh, <laughs> attempted game breaking D and D that might be going on in Calgary's seventh best underground coffee shop. <laughs> And all the while, you got the backdrop of your BSing with one another, which is a nice throwback into your beer side of things, too. I, mean, mm -hmm. I like that inadvertent community building. Mm -hmm. which is inadvertent. It's, that's the thing, right? We, we are all just social animals anyway. If we get mm -hmm. the opportunity, make the opportunity, embrace mm -hmm. the opportunity to get, sit, and hang out with some other people, we're mm -hmm. going to be building community whether we like it or not. We didn't touch on two-wheel view yet. Oh, that's right, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... Um, not just a like it's a great charity and I've really liked and um, like the work they do is fantastic um, like getting uh, getting kids on bikes uh, so how like do they do that? 
How do they get kids on bikes? Uh, they have an earn a bike program that kids can go through. And then how folks like us can get involved, like, like you can donate, obviously. Which, uh, and then you can also, even if you're as modest at uh, with bike mechanic skills as I am, and I was much more modest before I started going to two of you, but they have a drop-in mechanic night. And at the beginning, all I knew was how to service my own bikes. That's it. If you threw someone else's bike in front of me, especially if you had like disc brakes or, or an internal hub, I was like, ugh, I didn't know what I was doing. But they're patient, they'll help you out, and you start fixing bikes up that they can um, either, that they can then um, put it in part of their program. Um, Are you fixing customer bikes, or how does that work? Uh, they get bikes donated to them, and then uh, we give them a full tune-up. And then, I mean, they have, very skilled mechanics that'll give it that final look over. So, and rest assured, you're getting a quality item. Yeah. And and those bikes serve underprivileged kids for the most part, right? Like whose parents wouldn't generally have access to a bike or right. means to, to get a bike. They have a storefront as well too yeah. for like okay for if you just basically want a good used bike, and that gives them a little bit of operating money. Right. Yeah, that reuse aspect. Yes. Reuse. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get all Absolutely. the donor cycles in there, get a few people in there wrenching and polishing yeah. them back up again. Mm-hmm. Gives people an opportunity to get on a bike who might not necessarily have the funds to get and on a bike. Yeah. I mean, it's or maybe such just a... not, didn't want to get on a bike because they didn't want to buck up for 800 bucks That's and get true, yourself yeah. a 100 buck bike. I've always thought you don't really know, you, you don't really know what bike you want until you have one and then yeah. you'll know what you want. So your first bike might as well be cheap because it's probably not going to be your last bike or your main bike. Yeah. So get a used one and mm-hmm. ride it around and then you're like, okay, I wish I had something a little more upright, a little more aggressive, bigger wheels, smaller, fatter tires. Yeah, for sure. Wider handlebars, something, right? You'll know what you want after you've yeah. ridden for a summer. Yeah, oh, the yeah, real my- fun upside on the two-wheel view, they have mountains of parts from bikes. Oh, if yeah. you wanted oh. to go back and change your handlebars, if you wanted to go back and change to a different seat type, different tire type, and it's all relatively inexpensive because, for the most part, the parts that are there have been donated. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's awesome is because the people have donated their time to put things yeah. together into piles mm-hmm. that are easy to access. Right. Yeah, that, I've done that before. And actually, since... Yeah. Um, like. To maybe give an idea of how just how welcoming, how great the two wheel view community is. Um, so um, I had a 17 year old cat. After she was sick, she had a, a brain tumor, so I had to put her down. And um, so it was like in the middle of the day when I had to do this. So the first thought I had of like a place to go because I didn't want to just go home and be by myself and mope after I got like have a cat for 17 years. I only have one friend that's older than that. That's uh, sorry that I've had. Long, my friends are not 18 years old. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've only had one friend for longer than I've had that cat. Thank you for qualifying that. Yes. Let's make that clear. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, so I rode my bike over to Two Wheel View, and, like, I didn't tell them what happened or anything, but they were, like, they were happy to see me, and I was just like, hey, do you mind if I just tinker on my bike for a bit and, uh, you know, diddly-dink around on the bike? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And uh, so I just spent some time tuning my bike up until I felt a little better and hung out with people and made... Like someone brought in cookies, I think. They've always got like baked goods and donuts and stuff there. So probably pigged out on those for a little bit and felt a little better. And then I went off on my way. So, I mean, it's great to have these spaces in your community that when you're feeling vulnerable and you want somewhere to hang out, they're there. Yeah, that's what community is about, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's that common place, Mm -hmm. common threads with people that you've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, thanks, like Kev. It. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I appreciate, yeah, super appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, got all that bit, so it's good that yeah. Darren can didn't work with that and uh, <laughs> there's no license on that feel free <laughs> oh yeah let's come up with all of those little funny little yeah, catches most of the we have. Know, they, you get you get mileage out of their little cronisms and they're quite happy yeah oh yeah yeah can you, can you please say that next time you see something like the fun of games department people love that so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No license feel free yeah. to use that one, mm -hmm. one guy totally. um, I've been trying to see if pot snakes will catch on, but it still it's still—it's—it's in my head. Good. I've just been looking for an opportunity. Oh, everything is hot snakes. It works for everything.